Hi there, my name is George and I help independent creators launch their products and games. On this podcast, those creators share their journey from an idea to an actual product and everything in between. Today's guest is Jack Neville. He's the founder of Splitstone Games and Jack raised over $550,000 with his breakout hit Mycelia. Welcome Jack, cheers. Hello, cheers. <laughs> so Jack is drinking a beer. He is from the UK. Cheers. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm from the UK. Southern where, England. Where, where in Southern England are you based? On the south coast, in a town directly below London. Uh, it's called Worthing. Oh, Worthing. Okay. I'm actually, I'm, I was born in Brighton and grew up there, but I moved to Worthing. Uh, how, how come you got Brighton then? So I used to live in London for a while. Um, and then obviously Brighton is just, I love it. Blackpool, Brighton. I love all those beach towns in the UK. They're just less. It's something else. I like it. But you closed your campaign about three months ago as we're recording this today. Mm. Massive hit. What are you doing now? You're like three, three months after your campaign closed, you had 10,000 backers. What does your life look like today? It's been most recently just sorting out uh, getting prototypes from my manufacturer, ironing out all the little details, little colors ranking in, things slightly yes, iffy. Uh, generally, it's, it's going really well. I got the the almost final price site through the door the other day, and it looks really nice. It's, um, it feels like I'm, uh, I've made a real board game. I mean, it came and everything was down and it's had the shrink ramp on us. Yeah, it's good. It looks like. Good. You're not stressed. You're, you feel like everything's uh, right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not stressed. The only kind of stressful bit was the kind of a few days before the Kickstarter launch, because you're just nervous. I wouldn't say stress, more nerves, because you put so much into this project and you're like, I don't know if it's going to do well or not. Um, but like, luckily it did, so yeah, it was, it was all good. We're going to get to that because it did really well. And, and, and I want to know how you did do so well. Um, but let's go back to the start. What was or is your day job before you became a revered game publisher? I am once, I should say, <laughs> graphic designer and slash illustrator. And I've been working for myself, had my own little design company for about seven eight years and before that working in different studios uh, around the brighton area and a few london uh, so yeah that's my background graphic design uh, which is useful when making a board game that's for sure yeah totally it, it really shows as well because i think one of the, the the big draws of this game is just how beautifully designed it is Thank so you. then what is that moment in your life where you're a graphic designer you're a freelancer you have your clients and then you think I am going to make my own game and I'm going to launch it. Like, how did you get to the point? And the first idea I had for my studio was a long time ago, like 2019. And we played board games for a fair while. And there's a lot of great board games out there, but some of them look quite terrible, but they're really fun to play. But I I like the aesthetics. And I just thought, oh, I'd love to redesign a game. And then I just thought, well, maybe I'll just make my own game. So rehashing the same thing. And, um, and I did do a few terrible ideas before my Celia. But uh, yeah, it was around 2019. It was taking a while to get there. But basically, I just thought it'd be fun to do. That's the short answer. I just thought it'd be fun. Just just try it. And they always have ideas knocking around. And with my Celia. I thought this one actually has legs and it felt like mushrooms were popular or beginnings yet popular. Yeah, I just thought, just do it. 
I think this begs the question that probably a lot of you have answered you. Were there actual mushrooms involved in the development of this game? <laughs> what type of mushrooms? You tell me. Just mushrooms will taste. <laughs> no, not the magic kind. Not in the development of the game, no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I had to ask. It's the obvious. <laughs> yeah. You think this is a great idea. I'm just going to go for it. Where do you start? What, do you start with a Google search, how to launch a game? What resources did you find? What was your starting point? Honestly, it was more of the science, really, that kind of fed the mechanics. And I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really do too much research into how to make a game. I just thought, I just want the game to be fun. That's, that was my main aim, to be fun and beautiful. And as I was kind of progressing and making the game, you learn a lot doing a hoop prototype like when someone goes what what's going on and people get confused you need to make things like as simple and as fun as possible so that was my aim but that that's on the gaming side but then obviously there there's something missing here between that and raising over half a million dollars because that that just doesn't happen overnight so then <laughs> what else did you do other than making a fun game that looks good to 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 prepare for this for this what, kickstarter to, what, to lead up to the kickstarting yeah i had this game and it's fun and basically i've been known to start things and never finish them <laughs> many little projects whether it's designing this or that and i just thought i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it and so i just i gave myself a year so it'd be september 2022 i was like i'm gonna give myself a year and just really go all in right my plan, I spoke to a lot of people. I think that's one of the main things that helped me. Just, and luckily in the board game industry, everyone's just so lovely. They're just like, yeah, I'll chat to you. So I spoke to a few different like indie publishers around the UK. I joined their Discord, like indie UK publishers. And that was always a nice little resource. Just ask around a question about whatever. But you just slowly learn to build a picture about what you need to do. What I learned is uh, just mailing list. Just get your images as big as possible. Because that was my aim. I went to a couple of conventions that seemed quite uh, useful just to build the confidence. And well, basically, there was a convention in my in work called Paradise, which is a nice small board game convention. And that kind of it was a good uh, practice almost for UKG, where you to just spear and how to get people's attention and how to display the game. And uh, yeah, so I think the convention really helped. I got hundreds and hundreds of. People sign up for me mess there, um, which really helped. And used, it's a great place to a random bunch of, well, random bunch of board gamers, but outside of your kind of circles, just to see your game. And I think I really try at UK Expo to make my stand as kind of striking and beautiful as possible. Pe people ask me a lot of time, why has these been successful? And I think all it is, all it is, very simple. <laughs> this is the secret, guys. <laughs> I think one is luck. Two, I think basically I, because I've spent so much time on aesthetics and making it as like beautiful as possible, that kind of just get the foot in the door and people go, oh, what's that? And then they're interested and then they start to look and then they learn about the game and they go, oh, that has legs. So it's not just, just a pretty face sort of thing. I think that's the way how it worked at the convention. What else did I do to build up the main list? I did some advertising on Meta. How did that go? Luckily, good. Yeah. Luckily, one of my old school friends, she runs this uh, marketing agency in London, Trapeze Media. Shout out to Kitty. And she helped me do the ads, basically. What I did, 
the visuals and the videos mm-hmm. and whatnot that she helped to run them. And that was really good because the back end of Meta is just... It's a lot. So it's just, I feel like they've made it purposely complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I, they have. I, I'm convinced they have. We, it's what we do for a living. And basically, Meta's whole philosophy is that they'd rather have agencies run ads versus individual advertisers or small individual advertisers just to follow best practices. And so I, I 100% agree. I think that backend is made for people who do have yeah. no other purpose in life other than meta ads and just, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a technophobe or anything like I'm good at computers and I've worked right. with a lot of field websites and stuff. But that I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> just completely like, and I'd have to log in at different stages. It was blue on my, I didn't have much of a budget at all. I basically just had the last bit of money I had, just a bit of savings. I, I, so I always put everything into this. I was like, hopefully it works out. Otherwise I'll be completely broke. Uh, but I took some money into kind of getting emails and that just, that helped. And also Reddit has been very good. How, um, what was your Reddit strategy? What, how did you get that to work for you? Basically I'd do four designs and be like, which one do you reckon works? And in my head, I knew which one I thought would work the most. But to what... Saying that, a lot of the time they did that on one of the things like the, I'm good showing something, the back of the cards. Like on one of the designs, like, it was just the pattern. And I just thought, oh, no, that looks cool, minimal. And then a lot of people were just saying, put the name on the back. Because when people were in, like playing a board game cafe or something, it would be free advertising. And I was against it. And then the more I thought about it, the more feedback I was like, yeah, so it's great. It's great game feedback. And because I was going to post a different stage of the cut design or one of the tile designs or the box design, I think people on Reddit liked seeing the journey. And I didn't get a lot of people at the convention like Essen and UKG that was just like, oh, I'm on Reddit, I've been following you. I think just in asking for feedback, which I did find very useful, just get trying to get honest feedback. And, and I guess, again, is this pe- people thought the designs were good, so it caught their eye. What else? I did, a, I think one thing that actually did jump my Kickstarter or like people taking notice was the video that I got made. Luckily, my friend, my best friend, Chip, is an amazing videographer, um, which really counts in this situation. So he made, did you see the video on yeah. the Kickstarter? Yeah, it's beautiful. When I'm walking around the woods, yeah. He helped me film that and edit it, do it together. And I think that I post that on some Reddit groups, board games, stuff. And I think one of them really kicked off and I got a 2,000 views in one day, which is really good. So I think that helped too. He wasn't extremely familiar, but slightly different. Because <laughs> you don't want to scare people and be like, oh my God, what's this game? It's too complicated, it's too scary. And, but also you want to be slightly different. So you're not just the same. There's hundreds of board games on there. And a lot of them have the generated CGI, you know, board game pieces coming down and voice. So when I started, that's what I wanted. It was only circumstance. And the fact I had no money was like the point. I need to put in favors from friends. So, you know, when I had a prototype, I had a red suit and I had the woods nearby and my friendship. So we just did it that way. But luckily he's incredible and makes things look, he made me look so, so handsome on there. So he did all right. Yeah. It's funny that you say that you did this without money because everything you do looks very expensive. Like I've seen your booth at Spiel looks expensive. Your designs look expensive. Your video looks expensive. Then we have the great Kitty, uh, who is a marketing expert who probably did a great job at ads. So it, it looks like you have a very, a very professional 
team around you and a lot of resources to bring this campaign to life. That's what it appeared to me, at least uh, from the outside. But then you actually just, you kind of just brought that together with favors from friends and oh, yeah. I was doing it on an absolute G string. So I think I was just, I'm lucky to have Chip with the videos and I'm lucky to have Kitty with the marketing with that kind of Facebook ads that really helps. But honestly, I was so like focused and driven because I was basically send myself this goal and I was just like, I need to do it. So I, I just did everything. But, and some things I had to learn, tabletop simulator. I'm sure people pay people to make their hands, but I just learned how to do it. And all the graphic design, all the illustration I've done myself, the website I did myself. So luckily I had a lot of skills, what most board game publishers spend the money on, like illustrators and designers. But yeah, I, I didn't spend a huge amount on I did put pretty much every last penny I had into it. So I'm glad it worked. Um, That's why you're so but, calm now. Um, when I asked at the beginning of the interview, like why you're so calm after having 10,000 orders to fulfill, but you're so calm because you didn't lose all your money. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, you, you call it a good tide, but sometimes you do feel a bit like anxious. Oh my God, there's 10,500 people like, <laughs> relying on me and what I need to do. But the game's done. It's just about selling it to them. So yeah. it can't be too hard. I'm working with a good companies for that. So. Final question about your pre-launch phase. So you've got the mm. band together, Chip, Kitty, and Jack are doing this, yeah. which is, it just sounds like a great band name. You raised about $100,000 in your first uh, 48 hours from what I could see uh, online. Do you remember what the sort of the split was and where that funding came from in, in terms of you gathered all these emails? Do you know if the majority of those emails came from the events? Did the majority come from the ads? Did the majority come from Reddit? I would say, oh, I can't remember all the numbers. I think third of them maybe came from conventions and Reddit and Instagram, all the stuff that I just, was just organic stuff that I worked at. And then the other two thirds, in fact, it's probably a quarter of a quarter organic and then three quarters paid for, I reckon, for that mailing list. And, and that was just the mailing list. And then that then there's also the pre-sign-ups on Kickstarter, which is hard to gauge because you're not sure if those people are already on your mailing list or they're, or they're different. Yeah. So, but that was like, that was getting a lot of traffic. I think I was just, just under 2,000 before I went live. And I had some advice saying, you need to wait for 4,000. I was like, nah, I'm just going for it. <laughs> because the reason why I wasn't going for it is because I knew that Elizabeth Hargraves was releasing Undergrowth later. They just said autumn. I knew it was on the horizon, so I just wanted to get in there before that because she's a bigger man and it was also about mushrooms. I think that is a very, um, very important sort of uh, word of wisdom there that you do want to make sure that the, the period you launch in, you don't have too much competition from people who also happen to do something with mushrooms or something similar in your niche, especially if you're the kind of the smaller person or team of the two, you definitely want to go first. And it was the, the timing. I did, I did think quite a lot about timing. I was thinking about you should launch on a Tuesday or a Monday, but I chose Thursday because I think Thursday was seven. Because my thinking was, I'm not sure how, I think it's different in the US. You get paid every two weeks, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. In the UK, it's, you get paid every month. So if I did it on the seventh, people have just been paid. And then if I was doing a month um, campaign, then they'd run over two paychecks almost. And also I timed it so I'd be at Essen the last couple of days so mm -hmm. it'd be like a little rush well extra people towards the end or extra eyes on it 
and plus it's well, almost peak um, mushroom season in, in the UK. So it's, it's in people's minds. It's not like a hot summer when there's not many mushrooms about. It's, I wanted to be slightly autumnal, so it's like people are there, so people's kind of side I was surprised to see you end your campaign at Spiel because we had a booth there as well last year, and it is a lot of work to be there and have a booth and speak to people and whatnot. And what's also a lot of work is wrapping up a Kickstarter campaign in the last couple of days. So how did that turn out for you? I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit mad. And also it was really stupid. I forgot my laptop. <laughs> so in the evening, I was like, try to do something on my mobile. And the Kickstarter mobile app is great at backing stuff. But if you're running a campaign, it is yeah, expletive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that was a bit stressful. Luckily, my friend, he was with me. He had laptop and chuckets, borrow every now and again. Um, it was, it was a bit silly, I think, but at the same time, I, this was my first campaign idea. Yeah, really. for sure. I, my first asset. I didn't know how mad I was going to be, where there was not much interest. And basically I just put like a message just saying, I'm at Essen. <laughs> I'm not going to be replying to stuff. I'm fun. Great. So that's a great communication plan. Just tell your back for the last couple of days. Well, I'm not here. You guys just. Oh yeah. I'm all the information's there. Yeah. And you know where to find me, Essen. Uh, if you have a question, you can just yeah, fly, exactly. fly over to Germany and just ask me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not the best lead. lead well, but, but did you get people at the booth actually backing there and then? Because that's always what I wonder. Email signups, I get yeah. it. But backing, do people do that as well? Yeah. So basically, what I saw, my kind of thinking is that when you're at conventions and stuff, everyone's selling their, you know, look at my game, look at my game. And you want to give something back if they're doing something to you. So at UKG and this little paradise on Worthing or getting people's, we shouldn't tell everyone my secrets. Well, I'll tell everyone my secrets. <laughs> Basically, to, like sign up for the mailing list. But instead of doing that, it's like, if you sign up the mailing list, you get to play this game and the game will roll the dice. Depending on what numbers you got, you could win, I think from a fist bump to a free art print. So people were like tempted. A lot of those people that signed up for that game had no interest, they just wanted the free art print or they just loved gambling. But I just thought, what do board gamers love best? That's just rolling a dice and seeing if they wish or not. <laughs> so I did that and that was a great way to give something, but also get something in return, you know, kind of give and take. And then at Essen, just to tempt people more to back their name. Because I know I've heard a lot of advice saying, don't do your Kickstarter at a convention because people want to buy stuff there and then and they've got their budget of $100 or whatever. And then I'm going to buy your game because then I'm going to get it and take it home and play it straight away. But I made like this exclusive Essen print poster saying so they'll get something there and then again, just to tempt them. That a bit is more. smart. So yeah, I, with everything I was saying, if, if someone's giving you something, you give them something for time. I mean, you see something like sign up for the main, like, but why are you just going to barrage me with rubbish emails probably? <laughs> yeah, true. Well, and it, people are suckers for freebies. So it works. Like people love mm. a pin or stickers or anything, especially if they're beautifully designed. I think you can probably, that's where your design skills are just such a superpower in this because anything designed by you, like anything from that game. It's just something you want to have. So I think that makes a ton of sense. There was one other thing that I thought was super interesting about your campaign. You have one reward that is the opulent edition. 
it's over $750 and 46 people back. That's that's over $34,000 just from this one ridiculously opulent reward. Tell us like how that came to be. Silly, isn't it? It's really silly. It's great. It's brilliant. I, I love it. Yes. Uh, basically, I, I made this wooden version of Catan years ago. Again, remember what I said about the beginning of saying games, I just thought I could redesign this and make it look more beautiful. I did that with Catan. I made this wooden version. And I slightly changed it. Like I changed the pigs to shoot. Uh, no, the shoot the pig just because I don't know why. Just pigs were interesting. And so I made this whole game and wanted it to be a bit like the Jumanji board, you know, Jumanji, the yeah. original film, the 90s one, it opens up. So it was all that kind of idea and like some wooden pieces. And I was like, so I'd done that and I'd been a work really well. I just made one and, and I just, well, maybe I should do a fancy one for mycelia, expecting to maybe sell one, maybe two, maybe three at maximum, uh, because it's a lot of work. Cause I'm basically, I'm making all those. <laughs> That's I'm making. I need to do that this year, which is a bit mad. Yeah, a lot of cutting and sanding wood and staying wood. But uh, and you sold forty six. So, yeah, forty six. Who are those people? I looking at the stats, they're mostly Americans, and also it's a it's a flagship, like kind of a fancy version where people go ooh, and then but I can't afford that, so I'll go to the one. <laughs> that too. I love this strategy because I often advise creators to do this because there's this theory with fancy restaurants where they say they, they just put something ridiculously expensive on the menu, like a $300 steak. And you think that's something I can't afford. But then an $80 pasta bowl seems pretty reasonable compared yeah, to yeah. that. And that just works. So was that what you had in mind? Was it more for the price anchoring? Yeah. It was yeah, sort of, but also to be honest, I had a friend, an old school friend who I haven't spoken to for years, but he had a really successful Kickstarter about five years ago, uh, the Wilson Wolf Affair. I'm not sure if you remember or not. Crazy. But he didn't, he didn't really, and I just rang him up randomly and said, I like, need advice. And we were chatting about this wooden version and he was just like, oh yeah, you just, you just have to have just like a mad version and just do it at any price because there'll be one person that will just buy it because <laughs> they'll just have my money just no objects there. and i was just going that can't be real i just i could not think about saying that much money on a board game but yeah there's apparently there's people out there which is great for me i guess but also yeah it's yeah, mad just didn't, in hindsight um, maybe you went to yeah cheap. maybe yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean maybe i should have made like two grand then sold two uh, the main life you see yeah i mean no it's, it's it'd be it'd be nice to make i guess something a bit more tactile and get off the computer yeah well and also i think you should really take it as a compliment that people love what you do so much and the quality of your work is so high that people have absolutely no issue spending that amount of money on something because they just love what you do so much so when we're talking about this strategy and people out there are listening this will only work for you if you produce something really beautiful this doesn't just work on any old yeah thing like i'm all about it like really really nice quality you probably tell from the design i spent a lot of time thinking about it and working on it but i'm not with this wooden version oh yeah maybe that's what people think yeah, i'll spend that money because it's not going to turn up like a shoebox it's going to be it's going to be not like what all the other backers are going to get
<laughs> oh no, no, that's they're going to be. I'm going over every detail. It's not just the wooden version, though. Right? Well, I want to have a game where like, I'm like super proud of it. Like, yeah, you open know, like, yeah, up, you're like, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, I feel like you're going to accomplish that mission pretty easily. What's next for you? Are you gonna Are you going to be a game publisher from now on? Is graphic design just for graphic design out the door? Is there going to be a new game coming up? What's the future? Yeah, it's, yeah. So I, it's a weird thing to do, but. I've decided to yeah pivot and become a board game publisher, uh, which is weird because they September what they like four months ago. I was I was wondering whether I was gonna you know raise ten grand, um, but yes no I've decided to go full publisher because uh, yeah because it's fun it's it's so fun I mean it's it's hard work but I, I love it. Um, so, and the kind of next steps is on the horizon, I think, uh, a bit, well, priority one is getting the game to everyone on time and make sure the quality's good. And obviously do it with these wooden versions. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think I've started to work on some ideas for an expansion for my studio because it's got, it's just, it's similar in the way that there's like thousands of mushrooms and Kind of similar in the way to Wingspan, where there's lots of opportunity for expansions. I'm quite decided what, what route I'm going to go down. So whether it's like you know American mushrooms or South American, yeah. Uh, so go down that route, or different types of mushrooms, maybe bioluminescent ones that'd be quite cool with fancy printing, whatever. So that's on the table. Started to formulate some ideas, and then I've also started my next game as well. I've started to mess around with ideas. So yes, there's definitely going to be an expansion for my city and another game on the horizon about something else. Amazing. It's, it's going to be a nature thing. It's going to be a nature thing. So it's going to be similar scientific, kind of quite grown up. Yeah, it's a similar game for my city. Rocks. 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 The emotions are going to be rocks. So people, if you, if you want to take a stab at this, just look around. In nature, anything that's not a rock or a mushroom. Slay <laughs> around, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't really want to say exactly what it is because I may just end up, once I start playing the game and testing it, it may, may not be fun. It's a weird thing because I, I came up with this idea, as I said, like four, almost, yeah, four years ago, maybe five years ago now. And it's been quite a long time since I've actually developed another game. Because <laughs> I spent so long doing all the design and artwork. And like marketing, and I was like, "Oh, they they make game girl. I'm gonna do it." Chip and Kitty are listening to this, thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know what's?" There goes another year of my life. Yeah, Jack, thank you so much for this amazing chat. This was really wonderful. You have such an inspiring journey because it is. Again, I thought that I was going to be speaking to someone who had hundreds of thousands of dollars to put into this because everything that you've put out looks so professional and uh, even your suit you. and your video looks very expensive. So to find out that you just, you pulled everything together, your savings and your, your friends and your family is just super, super inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. And we are- Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, we're very excited to see what is next for you and it's not going to be rocks. So that's good. <laughs> it's not rocks. It's going to be rocks. It's going to be rocks. Plot twist. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, really. All right, thanks. Thanks very much. Appreciate it.